Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, are you there? Yes. I was having a hard time signing in. It said there's no call there. And I'm like, I know there's a call there because you told me there was. I think that was me because I (laughs) started the call and then I was trying to mess with my settings. So I think maybe Uh, when I was messing with the settings, I messed up the call. Okay, then. But uh, we're good now. Great. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm fine. I'm slowly but surely getting back on my feet. Still not 100%, but (laughs) I'm here. Yeah, we're making it happen. Yeah, we are. Yay us. For a while there, we were pretty far ahead, I feel like. And then Mm -hmm. now we're at the point where we've read the next two books, but we're not ahead in the recording. So even though we're kind of ahead in the reading, (laughs) we're still scrambling to get the recordings and trying to get this podcast out on time. Well, unbelievably so, life keeps happening while we're trying to do this. So we're trying our best. Hopefully people will hang in there with us and uh, we'll get it together. I don't know if we'll get it together, but it'll happen eventually. (laughs) Right, yeah, just keep checking. <laughs> you ready to talk about this book that we read so long ago that I pretty much forgotten most of it? I am okay. ready. I know I have I have notes, so thank God for that. That'll help. Yes, I have some notes too. Okay, today's book is One Night with a Demon Soldier, a Shadowed Fate novella by A.M. Mason. Correct. That's yay for us. <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> this was a new author for both of us, but I think you found this book, right? Mm, I don't, honestly, I don't remember, possibly. I think this was I, one of those free books that I got downloaded. Yes, I think you suggested it and we had both actually downloaded it. So it just worked out. Okay, I like when that happens. Yeah, me too. So the book is dual POV. So chapter one is in uh, the female main character's point of view. And her name is Carolina. And she is sneaking into a palace. And while she's doing that, she overhears some guards talking about a new guy. And what the guards say is, There's no action here, just the spoiled bitch princesses and their scary as fuck father. I don't even know why they bother making us keep guard. Who the fuck is going to mess with the king of hell? Then another thing they say is, I hear heaven is on the brink of a civil war. So an angel trying to make a point, or maybe the dragon chief, I hear he is the crotchety sort. Like Scrooge, but worse. We get a little bit of world building here and the scene is set, but we really don't get much more in terms of world building in this book, I feel like. 
after this point. Yeah, it just talks about different kinds of beings that are in their world. They're talking about the drakes that breathe fire like a dragon. There's berserkas. There's gargoyles. There's all kinds of different creatures in this world. Carolina is trying to scale back into a window in the castle. And then she hears a voice saying, you know that breaking and entering is a capital offense in hell. A stern but familiar voice says behind her. And it's her dad, the king of hell. So she is apparently one of those spoiled bitch princesses that the guards are talking about. Yeah, nice. This book was kind of interesting because the setting is hell, but then it's also very 1800s bodice ripper sort of setting, I felt like, in terms of like a historical romance. I agree, but I feel like there were times when it's flipped into the current. To me, it did not stay consistent in a time period. Mm -hmm. That could be just me, but I don't know. I don't remember. (laughs) I agree with you. Yeah, it was kind of like historic, but then also there were modern things happening or in other parts of the world. So it's kind of different. Through the interactions with her dad, we find out that her only value is to keep her virtue intact and have a baby that might bear something called the Mark of Cain which is the symbol that the babies get that shows that they will be the next ruler of hell. We also find out that Carolina was sneaking out to attend a Folkvang meeting, and the leader of that group is a radical who has grand ideas as to how to better the hell community. This whole thing was very much giving me Bridgerton vibes. Was it? Yeah, it really was. This whole story. At least this kind of concept of what she's doing. Yes, she's tired of their people living in squalor and diseases running rampant. Only wealthy people can afford medicine. And she feels like it's their duty to help all the people in their kingdom. Eric is his name. He is unlike most of the nobles, and he has these meetings that talk about what they can do to achieve that goal. Yeah, so Eric is the leader of the Folkvangs, and so Carolina says to her dad that she agrees to behave for whoever her new guard is going to be in exchange for her father actually sitting down and having a meeting with this mysterious Eric character. Yes. And we also learn about another character uh, that her father talks to her about whose name is Chad. And she's like instantly disgusted. And he's known as a pompous windbag and the worst type of man. There's rumors that he had his late wife beaten to death because she dared to laugh at a joke that was as a at his expense and he just makes her skin crawl and wants nothing to do with him i think he was very fitting for the name chad (laughs) (laughs) poor all the poor chads out there in the world why would that be did you know a chad at some point in your life or i just think it's like chads and karen's They unfortunately get this bad rap associated with their name and certain characteristics. Mm. Yeah, and she thinks that she's a lot like her mom because her mom was always reading books and she's very interested in that and learning and her father's telling her, you know, that's you need to get your nose out of a book and do your duty and produce this error. 
If I had been alive during this time period, every time I read a book like this, I feel like I need to be the Paul Revere of the book, riding through town and screaming at the top of my lungs. It's the man that determines the sex of the baby, you morons. It's not the woman. Because it's always the woman that, oh, you're not producing a male heir. Oh, we need to find another woman. It's not the woman. They probably would have thought you were a witch if you were saying <laughs> stuff like this back then. <laughs> probably. Yeah, you're probably right. But it just aggravates me so much that they were so stupid. And of course, everything is the woman's fault. So then the next chapter is told from the male's point of view. And his name is Ulrich. And he is apparently the new guard for the princess and he's not happy about it. And so I had to highlight this interaction he had with one of his friends talking about his new assignment because them together is pretty funny. Yeah, they are. So he says, this is a punishment, not a reward. I don't get off on the idea of being punished nearly as much as you do. And his friend responds, hey, don't kink shame me. If I want a lovely little thing to tie me up and sit on my face while her husband spanks my ass, that is my business. <laughs> yes. I highlighted that's, that too. Yeah, that's his friend Darius. That was really funny. So we find out that Ulrich is leaving the military and he has three months left in his term of service. And like most books, I can't imagine this ending well for him. It reminds me of that right. character from, I think it was Playing With Fire, where the guy was like, I retire tomorrow. And then like five sentences later, he gets murdered. Yes. <laughs> It's always the way. The secret <laughs> yeah. is don't tell people when you're going to retire. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I just told the boss. And then I'm like, well, today's my last day. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, Gold. what? What are you talking about? Yep. I'm done with you guys. Yeah. Mad here. So we also learn with his interactions with Darius that he's actually a gargoyle and he has strength great night vision, and large black leather wings. And then my next note is, how the fuck do we keep getting all these coincidental things in our books? Because he's a mm. gargoyle, and we had a gargoyle in the last book. Yeah. And then in well, the last know. book, we had that Morrigan yes. <laughs> comparison with the book before that. It's very bizarre. Well, yeah, we're just lucky. Yeah, not mm -hmm. only is he a gargoyle, he's a demon gargoyle, who's known yes. as the most powerful badass demon in the entire brigade but he has plans to leave the military because he wants to go to a human school in a nearby town to study engineering and he wants to use that study to help the folk vangs after he graduates yeah so now we're flipping into the current world yeah it's like the hell world is kind of 1800s ish and then the human world is the modern one i guess i'm yeah, not sure why that letter. is he has an acceptance letter from mit and while he's talking to darius about this um eric comes walking in because apparently they're all friends yes that all three of them have known each other for a long time we find out that eric is actually an incubus Mm -hmm. So he he has the ability to really have people listen to him. Yeah, they talk about how he doesn't use his incubus powers for sex, really. He uses it more to influence people towards his cause. And fortunately for the hell community, his cause is humanitarian in nature. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so right. So he uses his Which powers for good, not evil. <laughs> yes. 
And then there's a quote in this book that I thought was really funny when he's he's explaining about how he has to go be a guard. Uh, Darius says, is telling Eric, he's scared a little princess is going to fuck up his future, which is ridiculous. Anna is a sweetheart. And he says to him, I'm assigned to Carolina. And Darius goes, never mind. His eyes widen in what I hoped was mock horror. You are fucked. Mm-hmm. So she she has a reputation, apparently. So I liked how he reacts the first time he sees her when he goes on duty. He goes to report to work. And when he sees her for the first time, the highlight I have is the door opened and a goddess stepped out. She was the most breathtakingly beautiful person I had ever seen. Beautiful. Soft brown curls pulled back off her long, graceful neck, full lips that begged to be kissed, and intense green eyes that seemed to see and assess everything. Mm-hmm. But then he also says that she smells like roses. Gross. Let me just say I'm a weirdo and I hate the smell of roses. Spices and old books. Well, you're insane. I love the smell of roses, so I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't like roses how they smell i like how they look though she really reminded me from all of this of Belle from beauty and the beast because of the roses thing the old books oh. thing kind of how mm-hmm. she looked he's there for a little bit of time and she immediately sneaks off on him which was hilarious yeah she tells him she'd like to go to the goblin market And so he has to follow her everywhere. Well, okay. So the chapter ended with her like sneaking out a window and him Mm -hmm. noticing her. And so, of course, I had to highlight how the chapter ends. He thinks, (laughs) didn't anyone tell her she should have known to never run away from a predator? We liked it. Yeah, I like that. So, of course, he's really good at his job, though. So he catches her immediately. And then, like... You said they go to the goblin market, but she spends her whole time at the market trying to ditch him again. She was trying to go to a Folkvang meeting, but of course she's not going to come out and tell him that. He thinks that she's trying to meet a lover. Mm -hmm. And while she's at the market, she sees somebody she recognizes and she runs up to them and pretends basically like, help me. So-and-so, I'm being followed by some mystery guy, all this stuff. Well, kind of backfires on her because the person she went up to was Darius. Darius, of course, knows Ulrich. So her plan doesn't go well at all for her. No, she's instantly busted. And she's shocked that they know each other. Because uh, Darius says to to him, did you lose something, brother? And he's laughing at him. And she's like, you guys know each other? Yeah, because Darius is a noble, right? But Right. Or he's a lord or something. And Ulrich isn't. Ulrich is just like a street rat, Aladdin sort of character in the military. Yeah, but she is thrilled to see Darius. She's like, did you miss me? She puts her arms around him. What happened to you? And he immediately asks her how her sister's doing. And she replies that she's still not over you. Yeah, there's some sort of history between Darius and her sister, Mm -hmm. which we get more of later in the story. So they end up going to a bar and start drinking. Because why not? I think she's realized she's missed the meeting anyways, right? So... Yes. And she invites Darius to come back to to the palace sometime. 
We get a little bit of their relationship building in their interactions at the palace because all she really does while she's home is sit around and read books. At one point, he sees her reading a book and they have this really tense exchange. She says something and then his response of what he thinks is, her pretentious tone made my skin crawl. I hated the way she looked down on people not born in a castle. I didn't know what angered me more, that she assumed I was illiterate or that if it hadn't been for Eric and Darius, I would have been. But, okay, so that... The exchange was kind of tense, but it mm-hmm. turns out that she's actually reading a romance novel. Mm-hmm. And so he ends up reading a passage from her book that's pure smut, but it's also like historical romance smut. For, so it's not that great. Yeah. So he, he teases her a little bit about how there's better stuff out there. And of course, he thinks that she has a lover out in the village somewhere. And so he's like, you know, you should know that this stuff isn't great be- because of what you've done obviously in your Mm -hmm. life so he's still making a lot of assumptions about her it's a little hot but then of course they get interrupted by darius because darius came over to visit i think he tells her i have better stuff for you to read or i could recommend better books for you (laughs) yeah yeah he does (laughs) yeah okay so then she finds a new book in the library and she starts reading it Uh, of course there was a note inside that a mystery person left in there which obviously was him. It was super hot. My note from a passage she was reading in the book was, then and only then would she truly be mine. I don't want to break her. I want her to willingly submit to me. I want her to crave my dominance. And then he tells her, I think you crave a man strong enough to protect you and overpower you. Her action here was kind of hot again. Yeah, it was. they're, They're doing some like tense flirting but still kind of not really liking each other. Um, But they're interrupted again by her sister, Anna. So every interaction they have is sort of going somewhere, but then it it leads, not leads, ends in an interruption, which was annoying to me. Yeah, I guess it was a little bit. But he keeps telling himself throughout the book, she's not for me. She's sexy Mm -hmm. as hell. I'm really attracted to her, but she's not for me. I've got plans. I'm going to college. I mean, I think because it had happened two chapters in a row that Mm -hmm. it was a little more annoying. Yeah. Okay, so then there's a ball that happens at the castle. And then this guy that you had mentioned earlier, Chad, is all up in Carolina's business. He's gross. Yeah, he's an asshole. He's Chad, Lord of Crack. Karak. The vilest man at court and twice her age. She also meets Eric in person. This is when Ulrich kind of realizes that she's a follower of the Folkvang movement. And he realizes that she isn't just some dumb bimbo who's off to meet up with her lovers. And they finally have a couple honest conversations here. She even thinks about how badly she wants him to kiss her. And she's apparently never been kissed before. But the ball ends with her father announcing that she will be wed to Lord Chad. And my note here is yet another fucking interruption before they can do anything. Because (laughs) they were looking at each other trying to kiss when this happened. Yes. Oh, and then also in this chapter is when she meets another person who is the dr- the son of the dragon clan. 
His name is Thomas. He's a son of the Blood Dragon Chieftain. He's all the way from Fairy. She has a very polite, nice conversation with him. Yes, and at some point during that ball, the dad, the chieftain you mentioned, gets in a fight or a verbal altercation with her dad and storms off. Mm -hmm. So there's some weird foreshadowing things happening here. Yes. Okay, so then my note for the next chapter is, and we probably should have mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, but of course I forgot because I had read this story so long ago. I felt like this book maybe should have had some trigger warnings about rape or forced intimacy or mentions of sexual assault because at this point, a lot of threats start happening towards her yeah about you know what chad is gonna do to her how she's gonna fulfill her role as a wife and it's all very gross even her father who's it's her father for god's sake and he's yelling at her that you are gonna marry him you are gonna plan this wedding you're gonna smile and be beautiful and he is aware of the fact that his last wife and the baby, which were horrible, that should have been a trigger warning, were murdered because the wife gave birth to a girl. It's very heavy-handed in the you have one purpose in life, and you mm -hmm. better make sure you fulfill it. And so by any means necessary, the dad is thinking that even her apparently now fiancé, Chad, is saying that shit to her. So it's annoying and gross, but that's kind of the underlying theme from this point on in the story yeah so she has to marry chad but ulrich agrees to take her on one last outing into town so she can get some air before her life starts falling apart and while they're out and about she makes a run for it he of course realizes that she's doing that but he wants what's best for her so he just lets her go i feel like he only lasted a few minutes before his concern for her really takes over and he runs after her eric says to him i don't think it's a good idea that you're letting her go off even if it's to get her freedom she's going into the forest she can't protect herself she's going to get mauled by a bear you know yeah you need she has to, no money like, just the clothes yeah the back. like what you no have weapon. great intentions but this is not well thought out yeah and he's like oh god you're right i better go so he does run after her, and of course, she has been attacked, just like he feared. And she was attacked by basically some kids that were desperate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he takes her to a hotel and requests a room and a hot bath. This was kind of nice because they talk while she's in the bathtub. My highlight from this was her telling him, I will do my duty to my country. I will live a loveless life in service. But first, I need to know genuine passion at least once. And he still at first says no to her. Well, yeah, he says no to her. And she says, I'm asking you to give me one night to hold close to my heart. One night to relive while I spend the rest of my life alone. And his response is, you're asking me to taste paradise only once. To live knowing what it would be like to claim you. Then stand by and watch as another man abuses what I want to worship. Mm-hmm. She's um, like, well, this, you are, you're leaving. Yeah, this was chapter 10. So write this down, people. The whole chapter was really fucking hot. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. I have to agree. It was probably the best chapter in the book. It was definitely the hottest. So his mission at this point is to give her as many orgasms as possible, 
because they only have the one night together. So they proceed to have a lot of sex together. And then at some point, Ulrich goes out of their room to go to the kitchens to get them some food. While he's gone, she's getting dressed and somebody enters the room and she's like, oh, that was fast. Yeah. And the person that's at the door is not him. It's somebody else that came into the room. Yeah. So... While Ulrich is downstairs in the kitchens, he's talking to the cook and the cook is kind of giving him an inkling that something is going on. So he finally leaves the kitchens, runs upstairs. And when he gets up there, the room is a total mess. Caroline is gone. He ends up getting overpowered and taken and he must have gotten knocked out because he ends up waking up next to Carolina and they're both tied up on the back of a dragon. Yeah. Serpentine, eyes glowing orange, a dragon. Fuck, dragons are tough, hard-headed and powerful. So he's trying to think, how am I going to fight this thing? But does he really have a chance? Yeah, they're kind of stuck. <laughs> for now they kind of have to wait till they get wherever they're traveling to where they end up is a remote island and they're in cages and they end up being captives of that clan chieftain that got into that fight with her dad at the ball and apparently while they were at the ball the chieftain had asked her father for her hand in marriage because he wanted to marry her breed her and said any offspring they would have would have the strength of a dragon but her father refused. Mm -hmm. So now the chieftain's plan is he's not going to marry her, but he is going to breed her so that their child can have the mark of Cain. And then he's basically going to raise this baby to take over hell. And then he's going to kind of usurp the throne through his kid and take over hell. Nobody can come to rescue her really because they're they were flown to this island mm -hmm. and by the time they got to the island it would be too late he would have defiled her and in his mind hopefully impregnated her his plan to fend off a war and make it seem like it's not a kidnapping is he makes her write a letter to her father saying that she is there of her own free will and she agrees to it but in the letter this was my highlight about the letter in the mm -hmm. letter i said all the things i was told to say then i added a few lines of my own i asked my father to let anna marry darius he was a powerful demon he would serve her well their union would have an intense love that would be fruitful and allowing a love match would keep her close to him. There's definitely something obviously happening with Anna and Darius. And she also makes Ulrich promise not to come back for her. And she basically mm -hmm. says, I'm trading one shitty husband for another. Save yeah. yourself. What's the Don't difference? Come back for me. Yeah. Her hope is that if Darius and Anna marry immediately, they could conceive a child and hopefully their baby will have the mark of Cain and their child would be the next in line to be the heir of the throne and not this dragon's child that he's going to force on her. There's some weird baby ticking time bomb things happening here. <laughs> <So> I, <laughs> yeah. Gotta yeah. beat the clock. <laughs> yeah, the race to the midwife. So Ulrich does leave with that letter, and after he's gone, the chieftain's son, Thomas, that she had met at the ball, comes to her and offers to help her. Now we're at chapter 13, and I just have some general notes until the end of the story. There's no real rhyme or reason to them. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I can interject. This was one of the highlights. Um, it took two days 
Two days for Darius and Anna to be wed, Darius to fund the mission to go back for Carolina, and six of my brothers, this is Ulrich thinking this, to agree to fight some fucking dragons. And then he thinks it took six weeks and four days before we finally set foot on land. Yeah, because so her he's own been father... gone for a long fucking time. <laughs> yeah, but her own father won't be get involved. He's like basically like, well, it's too late. By the time we get there, she'll have been ruined. And mm -hmm. I can't get involved in this because it will cause a war. But if you I can't fund it, I can't give you soldiers. But if you want to go ahead and see what you can do about saving her, feel free. Godspeed, basically. Or maybe yeah. not because he's the king of hell. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so while Ulrich is doing all of this stuff on his side, Carolina is spending all of this time working with Thomas to basically poison, but not really poison. It's more like alcohol poison. The chieftain every Knock night. Knock him out. Yeah. So he gets so drunk, he passes out and he can't have sex with her. She is able to do this for quite a while. He never actually has sex with her. And one day she ends up throwing up and the chieftain is like, oh, are you, are you pregnant already? Oh my God. My seed is so strong. I'm such a great <laughs> chieftain. This is, mm. he doesn't even realize he's never actually slept with her. Yeah. So stupid. So she is pregnant and the chieftain ends up sending her to a separate room, which is kind of like a maid's quarters because she's basically fulfilled her purpose to him. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Now you're downgraded from the queen's room to the maid's room. But now she's kind of freaking out because she hasn't had sex with him. And so she mm -hmm. realizes she's pregnant with Ulrich's baby. So she goes to flee the castle and she asks, I don't know where she thinks she's going because they're on a remote island, but whatever. Well, she her, the to, Thomas tells her that your people are coming to save you. I've saw them in the woods. Yeah, true. But she was making some other plans in the meantime anyways. Whatever. It just kind of all works oh, out conveniently. She probably knows that once this dragon chieftain finds out it's not his baby, she's dead. The baby's dead. She tells Thomas, you can come with us. Because the father's so mean and physically abusive to him. So he's like, okay, I, I'll come with you. And he's leading her out, running towards the people that are there to rescue her. But the dragons aren't ones to be overrun so easily because they do find out what's happening and they fight to keep her. So then we have a big fight between the demons that came to the island to rescue her and the dragons that are there. I liked this part, actually. Thomas, the kid, actually ends up being the one to kill the father. And because, yeah, I like he, that killed too. The, because he killed the clan chieftain, he can take over as that role now. So that was mm -hmm. kind of a good resolution to that portion. In the meantime, while they're having this fight, you know, they're saying don't, don't let her out of uh, your sight, especially now that she's carrying precious cargo. And when he hears this, he thinks, oh my God, she's pregnant. Or she tells him, I'm, I'm pregnant. And he freaks out because he's like, oh my God, I failed her. I didn't get to her in time. Ulrich thinks that it's the dragon chieftain's baby. Yeah, this was some really convenient end of the story miscommunication happening because yeah, she like, tells why doesn't right she away. Just, yeah, why doesn't she say right away it's yours? 
just to add drama to the end of the story because now they spend a lot of their time on the ship together going back home not mm. talking because he feels bad because he thinks he failed her she doesn't think there's anything really wrong other than the fact that he's avoiding her but she's like talking to people she's happy to be out of that remote island so they and finally clear him. the air <laughs> yeah he gets upset because he can see her laughing and joking with people. Okay, but this was really funny because when they finally clear the air, mm -hmm. this was the highlight from when that happens. She tells him, you are the only man to ever have me. She led me to a chair and pushed me down. I let her, still not sure what she was saying. What? I asked again. The father of my child is not a monster. But apparently he is a moron. She threw uh -huh. her hands up in the air and paced the room. <laughs> yes. So she really has to spell it out for him here. Yeah, because he thinks for sure the dragon got her. Because who, how would you not, though, if she was there for so long and he doesn't know that Thomas and her were drugging the, the yeah. chieftain so that he wouldn't have sex with her? And he instantly asks her to marry him. And he, he tells yeah. her, I love you. I, I, I lost you once. And when we get back to hell, they're going to have to rip you from me again. And she says the same thing. I love you too. Ask me tomorrow. He's like, I'm asking you now. And she's like, no, you've spent this entire voyage ignoring me. You want to go study in the human world. She gets it that he had a plan. And she's still, I guess, a little mad at him that he was ignoring her and says, you're going to have to think about it, really, and then ask me tomorrow if you still feel the same way. But of course, she says yes when he asks again. So they do get married by the ship's captain. That rest of that voyage at sea is them having sex and basically on a makeshift honeymoon. I literally only have two sentences about what happens between now and the end of the book. <laughs> that's, that's okay. When they get back, her dad is fucking pissed, but he eventually gets over it when she does, in fact, have a baby with the mark of Cain on him. This part really bothered me. He was willing to marry her off to a man that is a known murderer that had murdered his wife and baby. But then when they come back and it comes out that they got married on the ship, Darius is there too. And he tells both of them, you better, if you ever hurt my daughter, I'll behead you myself self and then marry her to somebody that is within her the same station as she and i thought you didn't give a shit about marrying her off to this bastard lord chad but now you're saying this so to me you know uh, whatever but I, I love the fact that they did have a baby and they named the baby ruin rune i love that name don't you want to have another baby and name it rune me? Yes. <laughs> no, fuck no. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done having uh, kids. Yeah, okay. So, so that's how the story ends, is with her having a baby and her dad finally kind of accepting their relationship because she did have a baby that's going to rule hell. Yes, and he's a happy grandfather. He's got two babies because Anna was also pregnant. So they all right. broke, it also says they proceed with starting to build schools to and start a small town with electricity and running water for the other people in hell. So everything that you want to happen happens, right? It's happy ending. Yeah, I could have done without the baby, but yeah. 
pretty much is a good wrap up to the story. <laughs> yeah, you you don't like a surprise baby. So what do you uh what do you rate this? There were a couple of scenes in here that were super hot. Like that scene at the end, up until that point, I thought, well, I'm not going to give this book any wet panties because nothing's really happening. And then that scene happened and I'm like, oh yeah. So I would probably give them three wet panties for this book. It was an okay read. Parts of it were really good, but because it flipped between modern, it was a little confusing to me. And I didn't mm -hmm. like the fact that it was so, it's such a patriarchal system that the women again were just brood mares. But that's my own personal, my own personal pet peeve. What about you? I think I would give it three wet panties also because there were parts that I liked about this story and I liked mm -hmm. the side characters, you know, the Anna and Darius thing. I yeah. was like, oh, what's going to happen with Eric? So those things interested me about the other characters in the story, but I didn't like the constant threats of sexual assault that were happening in the book. Like every single guy, except yeah. for the guy she ends up with, is mm -hmm. threatening her with sexual assault. The dad doesn't give two shits about her. Like that yeah. was really annoying and actually when i finished reading this i looked up the next book in the story because i oh. thought it, it would be anna and darius's story but the next book in the story is actually for the sun for rune whoa well that's so, surprising yeah there's a bit of a time jump that happens here and i guess maybe there aren't i didn't look at any of the other books in this series i was just really disappointed that i'm like why would you have such cool side characters that you could easily write about but then you don't address any of them you just skip straight to the kid so it could have been because in this book darius and anna were already married and maybe she thought there was some history there we don't know all of it but it probably if she did write about them, it would have to go back in time and explain yeah. what happened between them. So I don't know. Yeah. Besides them, have a history and then, yeah, but I still would have liked to know, I guess. What other character would there have been? I can't think of one besides Rune, maybe Thomas. I don't know. I want Thomas to have a happy ending because his life was so hard. The other stories could be interesting, but I, I didn't read any of them. Yeah, I don't think I will, I'll read them. Uh, again, I have so many other things I want to read. It's a struggle that we have talked about on more than one occasion. So do you want to mention anything else that you're reading right now? Or I actually have a TV show to mention. Oh, what is it? I actually just watched two episodes of this today which is surprising because I'm not really into scripted TV shows, but I saw a commercial for it and it looked really good. It's called The Citadel and it's on Prime. Oh, what's and that about? Oh, yeah, I watched that. There's only two episodes out or one episode or two. And then there, everything is dropping so slowly now. It's really annoying to me. I don't like that they're only giving us one episode a week. I'm like, I could have binged this. I get so spoiled yeah. binge watching a TV show. Mm hmm. So I'm like, okay, I never watch anything on Amazon Prime. I watch those two episodes. Hopefully I don't forget that this show exists so I can watch the other episodes when they come out because they were pretty good. I like all of the main actors in the show. Yes, and I do. So too. I watched the next episode and Farmer Wants a Wife. <laughs> okay so as much as i think i would love a cowboy because you know i have my own fantasy about them the reality of living on a farm there's no way in hell i could do it 
definitely not a cattle farm. A horse farm would be as close as I'd be able to get to it. What you have to do and being out in the middle of nowhere, no way I could handle it. I would have an anxiety attack. I need a city around me. Well, I think also because you wouldn't really like the cowboy once you were actually talking to them. I don't feel oh, like right. you like their viewpoints. So <laughs> Yes, they're all ultra conservative. I'm not. I'm super liberal. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. to find a, li- a liberal cowboy <laughs> that has a horse farm that's not too far from a thriving metropolis. I don't think it's going to happen for me. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> oh, sad. I will tell you what I'm reading right now. I'm reading a Ruby Dixon book called um, Corsair's Bethia. So I don't know if you learned about her when you were reading the other Corsair's book. You, I'm sure she was in there. I only read the Corsair's Pirate Adiron book that we did. Oh, I read more than that. Yeah. So anyway, this book is... Talk about a lot of disclosure of war- trigger warnings. <laughs> Ruby Dixon is so funny. She has like pages of trigger warnings. If any of this is going to bother you, this book is really long too. It's like, I forget even how many pages this book is. Ridiculously long, but it's okay because I'm liking it. Okay, that's good. And other than that, because I haven't been doing so well, I I really haven't been able to read Oh, I did download. No, yeah, never mind. I'm not going to tell you that. I'll tell you that later. Okay. (laughs) It's a secret. (laughs) It is a secret. What about you? What are you reading? I think the only thing I really read was I just finished Six Scorched Roses by Carissa Broadbent. It's a novella in her Crowns of Neaxia series that she just released. I don't know how Mm -hmm. the fuck she did this. She actually released four different stories from that series in a month. She must have been very fucking busy writing. So I've read three out of the four so far. They're all really good. And so I think the next book I read is going to be the other story she released in that series. So I finished that. What is it about, generally speaking? What's So Six Scorched Roses actually follows the story of two characters that we met in the duet that she released before in that series. You meet those characters in that book, but you have no idea how they got together because one of them is a vampire and one of them is a human. And so this novella is the story of how they met and why they ended up together. So you don't necessarily have to read the duet before you read this novella, but I actually liked kind of knowing more about them separately or more about one of the characters from the duet and then reading this story and figuring out, you know, how they ended up together because it's a very odd pairing. Would I like it? Do you think I would like it? Yeah, it's really not that long either. And I really Not liked like- the duet too. So I like that series. So I'm going to keep reading those books as she puts them out. And then the only other book I read is the book that we're doing next for the podcast called. Yeah, I just finished that. Yeah, that book is Tamed by the Troll by Tracy Lauren. And I think that's our first troll book. Yeah. So this is, this is the first book by her that I've read. Yeah, Me too. The, the Parish Woods. So it'll be interesting to see how they present a troll. 
or discuss how, because I read the book, so I know. Thursday, we're going to talk about what we're doing on Thursday. Yes, let's talk about what we're doing Thursday before we sign out. Go ahead, tell the people. Thursday, we are going to the tattoo person again, Nancy, and we're having our the Bonded Books logo tattooed on, on us as a little tribute to um, our connection. I think it's really the coolest thing. Yeah, we're getting our bookish tattoos done. Yes, and hopefully you won't pass out. I'm a big old yeah. baby, so we'll, uh, yeah, it'll be fine, you know. It's, I hate getting tattoos done, but I like having them. So I just try not to think about the time you spend actually getting it. Mm -hmm. And I'm good. Who's going first? Who Who is going to go first? You should probably go first in case you need time to recover. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm feeling back to 100% the day we go because we both may be passing out on her. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> poor, poor Nancy. <laughs> I know, poor yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's exciting. That's it. I think I'm just going to be laying down today, still trying to recover. So yeah, just take it, it easy. I try. So. I'm trying, but I can't, I can't tell you how many naps a day I'm taking and I'm still not, I'm better. I'm knocking on wood saying I'm better, just not a hundred percent. And I'm an impatient person. I want this behind me. Yeah, but you just got to give yourself some time. So Well, I don't know that my dogs will let me, but I'll try. All right. All right. Well, uh, okay. Well, I guess we're going to yeah. hang up here. And then can you call me and tell me off the record what you just downloaded? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, I will. Okay, bye, honey. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. And check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Mm -hmm.